Did we figure out what was going on? Was it the second podcast, right? There was a lot of distortion. Well, no. Uh, yeah, we did. We figured out that we're just garbage. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> Recovering from his uh, his Croydon whiskey festival. I know that's Justine's excuse as well for not drinking tonight. I mean, just not trying hard enough. It's, it's <laughs> Do you want me to lie when you ask me um, about what I'm drinking? No, I, no, no. I was joking. Can you imagine the scandal if word got out that you lied? <laughs> <laughs> Why you should never let Roy be a guest in your house because you think he's gone for the night <laughs> and half your stash is missing in the morning. We're live in three, two. Hello, Dram Facers. Welcome to today's podcast. My name's Gregor McWee, otherwise known as Time for a Dram. Today I'm joined by Rob Roy, Jason, Justine, and Scott Monroe is making an appearance. How are we all? Okay. Hello. Hello. As as we have starting to get a bit of a routine, always nice to share what we're drinking. You don't always have to be dramming for these podcasts, gang. Um, it's perfectly fine to be taking <laughs> a break and having H2O or uh, a jasmine tea. But um, I'll go first. I am drinking, and not to blow smoke up Roy's arse too much, um, but in the <laughs> infinite wisdom that was and is Aquavitae, uh, a few lessons were bestowed on shopping through duty free, and I picked this up in duty free with the old ABCD uh, ingrained into me. Um, and it was one of the few, you know, once you start to understand what you're looking for, it's quite easy to to kind of wade through the duty free stuff. Um, and I picked up a Val Blair 1999. Oh, that's a good um, shot. And, and even better, it was in a liter, right? But uh, yeah, 46%. Uh, this one was distilled 1999, and it was bottled 2017. Uh, so yeah, are we... so there, there's an 18 year old. I mean, obviously all of it is 18 years old. It's all from that same year, right? Yeah. But it's an 18 year old product, and I have I bought the exact same one. When did you buy it, Gregor? Oh, a good, good few years ago now. Yeah. 2017. I'm thinking about the year I went to Euro Disney is the year I bought it. Uh, I know they don't call it Euro Disney now, but I think other if I'm right in saying available. other theme parks are available, <laughs> <laughs> I think if I'm right, it was 65 quid. Oh wow. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's That's incredible amazing. value, right? Yeah. Back then. One of those you yeah. do wish you'd bought more of when you had that chance. Yeah. Ah, you yeah, know. C'est la vie, right? Yep. Um, what about yourself, Roy? What are you on? Mm hmm. So I've made a point of trying to uh, enjoy something uh, that's been reviewed on Dramface actually recently. And I, I pulled out an Edredour Caledonia, 12 year old. All natural colour, until filtered, says it right across the front, which is great. 46% ABV, and it's a dirty whiskey. <laughs> I don't know if it's dirty like we talked about in last week's podcast, but it's but it's uh, certainly got a quite a density of interesting flavour to it. But it's coming across quite, quite fruity tonight. I'm actually going through a wee phase of loving everything I drink. Sometimes you go off whiskey a wee bit, and some of it, some some of it doesn't really. Jason's shaking his head. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't go off whiskey." But but recently, it's been like everything I've been pouring is just like, "Oh, I love whiskey." So um, yeah, I'm enjoying this one tonight as well. It's quite jammy. The fruit on it's quite jammy tonight. I'm enjoying it. And it, it's a funny one that as well. I, I'm a big sherry lover. The the batch that I had or tried. 
it fell off a little for me. It, it, the nose promised a lot of richness, but for me, it wasn't. It didn't hang around so much. It was quite a quick finish. Well, I think the the Dramface article talked about the batch variation side of things, which is huge on a lot of these whiskies. And I think the smaller the distillery, the, the more of an issue they're potentially going to have there, right? Because they've got less stocks to vat from. Uh, so a lot of the distilleries, and I think Edradour are one of them, kind of embrace the idea of uh, batch variation, and it's quite a good thing. I'll go in order. I'll prompt. Uh, I'll go in order on who's on my screen. Jason, you would be next up on my rotor. All right. Um, I've got a Cadenhead's Creations, thirty-one-year-old. Um, very nice. Uh, very summery. Fifty percent. Opened it a few weeks ago. Had a great tasting with it. So there's we're we're getting towards the end now, but really good. And, and what did that cost, Jason, a 31-year-old Cadenhead's creation? It was bottled in 2019, so you could have got into the shop back then without needing any, I don't know, military precision. So <laughs> uh, I can't remember what I buy. I don't keep the price tags around, but I think probably 80 to to £100, pounds maybe. Wow. That's 31 yeah. years old, right? Yeah, that's incredible. And is it, is it a blend or is it a blended malt? It is a blended malt. Um, it's been vatted in a single cask from Married Together in 2004. Normally they do have details on the labels, but this one's unknown. So, uh, yeah, um, some of the other ones do tell you all the component parts, but that one's a mystery. It's a good, good question, though, about tracking price. Does anyone actually track the bottle price do you anyone write uh, maybe a good practice to almost write on the bottom what you paid i i go full nerd and have a, a spreadsheet oh. but i also total the amount i've spent and it's i, it's, I shouldn't do that to myself it's torture <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's good though it's good to see like if, if i see like something on offer or something and i can check about what i've paid for in the past and it's like is it actually just seeing this the offer label is it actually worth my while or is it just seeing that shiny sale i often i often joke to the guy you know you know you've we've all probably got a few people that we text when we are on the the the, the point of purchase and you're like should i buy it should i buy it and it's, you, you never you never have someone come back fast enough it's always after the fact <laughs> you know. that's right i mean these people yeah why are they not just sitting about waiting for us to message for these things it's I know. really rude of them i think right i know i was just gonna say i was messaging jason and roy at the weekend asking about uh, my first caden heads purchase and they got to me both immediately so i appreciate that well, they no, did. honestly, we, we, that's what we are. We're literally sitting at the, with our phone in our hands waiting for you to, to message us, to be of service. <laughs> I bet you we both answered the same thing. It's like when Ned Flanders gets the yeah, phones up, uh, the Reverend Lovejoy in The Simpsons. Oh, I'm feeling really terrible. I feel like I'm going to commit. A, what part of the Bible should I read? What should I read? <laughs> you know, and he's like, they're all good. They're all good. Ned. <laughs> it's like, and that's, that's how I answered. I don't know. What, what did Jason answer? What was his recommendation? Inch Gower. So, yeah, you, you can't remember the second uh, second one you recommended, but uh... knock do, yeah. oh knock do, that was it, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that would have been mine. I'd have yeah, that one. yeah. Well, I looked again in the morning, and there was a uh, Taninic, and I was like, ooh, that could have been interesting. Yeah, like, them all. so that's your first purchase. I got the um, the the thirteen year old from uh, obviously Jamface, the high, the high scoring one, which is great. Uh, that was the reason why I got it because I think Roy just posted on Aquavita's Instagram. I was like, oh, I was sat in the pub and I was like, 
do you know what? Let's just go for it. And I was like, well, whilst I'm here, I might as well pick up two bottles. <laughs> save the postman, like yeah, I saved the delivery. So yeah, you were in the pub yeah. when this happened. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know those? Do you know those guys that you hear about going going back on a Friday night to their wife after they've taken their pay packet into the pub and spent every penny <laughs> after swearing that they wouldn't do it? That's that's, what you, that's, that's you, Rob. That's you, Rob. Yep. Yep. Rob, yeah, it's I think there were there were a lot of people I'm um, texting this weekend about Caden Head, so that's maybe why we got back to you pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, true. Big cues yeah. down south. I know we were going to get to that. I mean, we're deviating, we're going there, or rather, I didn't want to go there. Um, you know, I think the last away. couple, the, the last few podcasts, we've, we've, I feel like we've laboured it to death, but we're happy to swing back around on it. Scotty, what the are you drinking? Low. So interesting in this, um, I'm actually drinking a Cadenheads as we speak, so that's quite a nice segue into that. Uh, this is an Altmore uh, 26 year old, uh, distilled in 1989 and bottled in 2016. It's a uh, Bourbon Hogshead, one of 120 bottles, 47.6%, and it's a belter, it's a wee fruity beauty of an Altmore, it's an absolute cracker. But again, this is one I just I took a, I took a punt on. Rob, you talked there about just, you know, sometimes you take a punt on things for a good price and you're really pleasantly surprised. And this bottle put me on at the distillery as well. Um, I was going to so say, had you had much, had you had much Altmore before? No, I, I think, I, had the, I think maybe the 12 year old, oh. the, the uh, standard distillery bottle. Um, but I just thought, I, can't, I honestly can't remember what I paid for this, but um, it was back in, let's say, 2016. But Altmore was, is, uh, Altmore's going, where does that typically end up? Jewers. Uh, Ah, okay. Yeah, I've probably had some on a flight. Jewers, yeah. Jewers, Jewers is Jewers is the uh, the choice of a lot of American airlines. That and McAllen. Yeah, because you can't taste uh, it when you're that high. I know. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, dear, uh, Justin, you you were you're abstaining on the the podcast, right? I am drinking. Yep, a non-age statement chamomile tea. Um, that's my drink of choice this evening I had a busy weekend Um, I had a tasting on Friday evening and then also I was at the Clackman and Shear Whiskey Festival um, on Saturday so yes it's good to give your liver a little bit of a break now and again yes Um, so what was the last dram you had then though the last memorable dram I think from um, from the Whiskey Festival yesterday was from a new independent bottlers called the Uncharted Whiskey Company and they had a wonderful um, Glen Elgin 11 years. It, I can't, rem- can't remember the exact finish time. I think it might have been six months but it was finished in a, a first fill um, Madeira cask. A wee bit oh. pricey. It was £95 a bottle but it was an actual... What? Yeah. <laughs> it was a cracking whiskey. Um, but yeah. Wow, ninety five pounds though. Wow, mm-hmm. but it was yeah. good. It was very good. I mean, I was with a friend. Um, we weren't going to buy a bottle each at ninety five pounds, but we bought one bottle and we'll just split it between the two of us. So, yeah. How how does it go, Justine? Do you do rock scissors paper on who gets to have the bottle? <laughs> um, no, I'm quite happy to just uh, take uh, the sort of decanted half, I guess, and leave the, the the bottle with somebody else. It doesn't really bother me that much. It's it's uh, it's just the liquid at the end of the day, which I'm more yeah. interested in. <laughs> so you've but, got that um, higher. You've got to the higher level of zen. You just yeah. all about the liquid. <laughs> she has. Rob, Rob, what are you? What, what's in your glass? Uh, I'm on the uh, 
classic laddie. I was talking to Alex a few weeks ago about uh, like zesty summer whiskies, and I had this one. I bought it a while ago, obviously on offer because I didn't buy whiskey on offer, and just popped it today, <laughs> and it's it's lovely. It's uh, <clears throat> I originally had the twenty centiliter, like the little the miniature version, and it was it was really nice. It was it's but I, I feel like it was even in the smaller bottle, uh, it was it got much much nicer as it sat for a little bit, and that's why I committed to the the bigger bigger one because. It was, it was quite hot at the start, but it actually, it just it just became another a different beast as it as it as it sat. You raise a good so, yeah. you raise a good point there about summer zesty. I'm curious across the gang. Um, do you mix up what you drink seasonally, seasonality, or is it are you driven by mood through the year, for example? Right? Are you Both. do you move around? I think it's definitely, I think, it, like, so I said on the, I think it was the first podcast I had a scallywag because it reminded me of, I had a Sunday dinner and I had a, a stick of pudding. And I was like, oh, actually, I really fancy something like sweet and syrupy. And, but, I think, but then again, like, I think I'm, I am very seasonal in terms of like sherry and then bourbon in the summer, um, generally. But I think that then it'd be a mood. It's, it's. I don't think you can, it's. It's difficult to kind of like say like to, to draw the line of like nope, I do not drink smoky whiskies or in the summer or it's. I think as well in Scotland sometimes the line between summer and winter <laughs> kind of blurred. So um, yeah. Well, you'd be um, chasing. You'd be chasing that millisecond <laughs> if you were trying to have a summer dram. Yeah, when it's snowy in Aberdeen in May, it's. Perfectly fine to have a Lagavulin 8 to hand. <laughs> there was a lot of, almost like it was planned, a lot of Cadenheads, uh, the bottles getting discussed there. Um, obviously, at the time of recording, we're pretty fresh off the back of the Cadenheads shop. It, remind me, where, where which shop was? It's it the one in Campbellton, but it was also London, was it? The London one, yeah. I think there was some trouble as well, I think. This was the London shop reopening. They reopened with, like you say, the Ukrainian bottle. And they also reopened with a 40-year-old Kalila exclusive to the shop for £1,000. And oh. if you were queuing, you were able to go into the into the shop and buy one of anything. So people were going in and filling their boots with the local barley, the 25, the 18, everything. I think... I mean, we can talk about it a little, but I think Cadenhead's probably got it a little bit wrong. They should have, like, uh, the Justine's Fife Whiskey Festival there. You're only allowed mm. to buy one bottle per distillery, or distillate, maybe, because people were going in and filling their boots. And then there was the whole... I mean, Edinburgh as well also had the Ukrainian bottle, where the queue was halfway up the high street, it looked like, for a, what was essentially a 10-year-old with a Ukrainian flag on, which you then had to write your name on, and probably 90% of them are heading to auction because you know you just look at the auction just now and see how many Kilcarens are on it so but yeah the London one apparently kicked off because people have been queuing overnight but some of the professional flippers got it in their head that if they caused a fuss when they were in the shop the shop would be forced to close and when it reopened in a day or two later they would be at the front of the queue again to fill up oh, but that's when no the police way. came in so yeah. that, that's apparently what was happening. I had a friend in the queue who was giving us kind of like <laughs> updates by the minute, um, sending uh, messages. Uh, and basically, that that was it. And then the, the, the police arrived and I think one of them was arrested and carted off in the van. So um, apparently they're 
a professional kind of gang and it's not just whiskey that they flip i say gang it's probably only just a handful of people but um apparently there was a similar um thing that happened recently with one of the new watches that were launched so it was oh a, yeah yeah it's so talking my language now as well <laughs> Swatch, yeah that that went insane that was bananas so, yeah i wonder i wonder if it's yeah just you know is it on the back of us coming out of covid and people want things and stuff and all that or is it really just where we're at and it was just the natural progression i think it's a part of the zeitgeist isn't it like people are just really aware that they can buy these really sought after products or items and then flip it for an incredible amount of money like i obviously i'm a, I'm a massive gamer and like i was trying to get a playstation was just it was it was next to impossible and I feel like it's just, my perspective anyway, from that point onwards, it's just exploded into everything. I know it already happened with, with shoes, which I know, Gregor, you'll obviously be really aware of, but yeah, it's just then seeing it. Was. If, if I look at some of the social media images from outside Cadenheads, there was a lot of Kent faces, right? There's a lot of people that we could recognize in some of those pictures. So not everyone in that queue is there for, you know, cynical reasons they're genuinely trying to get their hands on their bottle and yeah. and we know we know that they're the type of people that will be doing those bottle splits they will be really enjoying whatever whiskey they get their hands on uh, so it's not all like that but you're spot on Gregor and, and Rob and what you say I think it's the zeitgeist professional buying teams moved into whiskey over COVID when they weren't able to mm. you know flip concert tickets or sports events or whatever it may be um, and it's not like now that everything's starting to open up again, they're going to leave whiskey. You know, they're 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 act they've actively elevated the secondary market to the point to make it even more lucrative for themselves. So unfortunately, uh, they're here to stay. So I think what we need to do is we need to start. We need to set up Dram Phase Two. And Dram Phase Two will be we will market the pants off of Dram Phase Two. And for every bottle of shite, we'll give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Jason, Jason's got a pained expression now. On his <laughs> I was just, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know the people in the Edinburgh store and I can only imagine what they were going through. I think they were dreading it. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I know people get the assistants and other stores get abuse down the phone and stuff. It's not good. And I think really now... Cadence were a little bit to blame for being probably a little bit naive about that mm. London store and letting people fill their boots. But also, I think, you know what, auctioneers, uh, I used to yeah. like the Roll My Whiskey um, auctions because they wouldn't touch a bottle that had been released within a year, was it? Or was it six months? Mm. It was a they year. Wouldn't, they, wouldn't, wow. they wouldn't sell it. <laughs> what we need now is some auctioneers to actually start doing the same because it's just preposterous now, I think. Somebody said there's 58 Kilkerran ports on one website at the moment. Um, but do you think that's yeah. the that's the reason why Royal Mar Whiskey auctions couldn't continue? Um, no, it, I think it stopped. I think partially it was because their website wasn't great, and I also think they struggled to get traction. Mm. You know, I mean, I bought some great bargains off of the Royal Royal Mile whiskeys. I got mm. some great bargains off that web mm -hmm. that auction, but. You know, and they had some good lots, but I think they didn't market themselves well or they weren't as proactive as some of these other auctioneers, which is, it almost seemed like a, a part-time sideline, no offense to them, whereas mm -hmm. the other ones are everywhere doing everything. But I really think auctioneers now, I mean, I know we had 
one whiskey website come out and say they weren't going to sell that Springbank bottle. Mm. I don't know if any others have come out and said that, but I really think well, I mean, I I do. I mean, the Royal Mail Whiskies thing. I agree with you, Jason. It was a good idea. Hearing an announcement like that from an auction house is a good idea. Let's be honest. All of these things are best intentions, but it's not going to do anything. They don't have auctions in the states. It drives it underground. It drives it, um, you know, back alley type stuff. DM private messages, all it, but it still happens. The secondary market still exists, um, but it's visible. Uh, and what we have with auction houses. And the problem is, is that we just need to get used to the fact that, that there are people out there with a hell of a lot more money than us that are willing to pay these end prices, whether it's for consumption or whether it's for their own kind of twisted idea of it still being an investment at these ridiculous prices. I think I saw a local barley at over two grand, right? Mm. Um, it's just, it's so, so you're like, okay, somebody needs to have a word with themselves because the word will come out one day that local barley is rare but it's it's 90 quid's worth of whiskey and even then that particular bottle was the sherry cask release and i wouldn't give you 90 quid for it not to drink I it's would. not worth it it's not worth it will you will there's you 9, there's, there's nine thousand of them it's not rare really um no I you know, know i think context yeah. of it but i think what you're saying is right but i think I know a lot of people are invested. There's a pyramid scheme and the investment houses and, you know, they're building these portfolios and there's almost now everybody's got this interest in pushing things to the max. And unfortunately it's the storekeeper on a, you know, minimum wage or whatever, you know, trying to deal mm. with these people, giving them some abuse. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's just, it's just sad to see now. I think it's reached that point, especially after I have to say, weekend. Jason, yeah, I, I've I've chatted to a few get uh, liquor stores owner here, um, and it's much this. It's kind of similar. I mean, Oregon or Portland, it's not quite as crazy as people lining up and all this. But just the fever around allocated bottles, they say they hate that day, like they they load it. Their phone is constantly ringing, so you know that really the only people that are enjoying any of this is the people that are turning a profit. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, exactly, it's a shame. It's a shame. Is there any truth to the, uh, I can't remember I read it online or somewhere, um, where they were breaking the seal? I know there's almost the, the idea of like, I saw somebody the in the bottle, comments. But... Yeah, somebody in the comments was talking about that on, um, I think, the Barfly. Well, that, that's Royal Mail Whiskey's, you know, drama's reward, isn't it? Um, and, you know, there's various, uh, there's various uh, uh, well intentioned, some more successful than other mechanisms put in place to try and discourage this to get it into the hands of drinkers um, and not have people because it's brutal for a retailer not only are you talking about that the staff having to deal with all of this crap that it's just not worth it but but they're also then even if they manage it all successfully they then see the bottles that they've sold at retail making their minimum margin on go for hundreds and hundreds make hundreds of pounds on auction and there's nothing that they can do about it there's nothing so it's you know i remember we said that over the last couple of podcasts we've touched on all of this kind of these dynamics we weren't going to talk about it too much tonight but it's it's compelling isn't it it's just it's if we if we're talking about back in 2014 perhaps these dynamics were just not part of whiskey for me they were not part of it auctions were someplace you went to access the bottles that you missed out upon once upon a time in the past yeah, yeah. It's car crash television now. I mean, 
just yeah it's just very alien to me just looking at i mean all those people in that those queues i know some of them will be genuine but a lot of them won't be and a lot of them will be pinning their hopes on that 60 pound bottle going for i don't know how much they're thinking it's going to go for with somebody's name on it where they had to provide id we'll wait and see what some of the fanciful names are that come out or i don't know if uh, <laughs> you know we'll, we'll, we'll see or if, if, the, if the tipex comes out eh? but um uh there was one bottle of the daft mill festival release appeared on one of the auction sites and the guy's name clearly did not give a shit because his name was written all over the bottle and i think i have a little bit more respect for that guy if that is indeed his real name than the ones that submitted their bottles with their names tipexed out so you know well, I remember the Thompson Brothers one. Do you remember that, you know, in order for that to, you will not be able to buy any more bottles if this is caught at auction or whatever. So what ended up happening was instead of there being 50 bottles available in auction, there was two. And you can imagine how much they fetched. So there's no cure for this nonsense. There's no cure. Um, step away. That's my attitude. Yeah. Step away. I yeah. think the days you know, of going to like a store and picking up, a bottle of Springbank 12 off the shelf months after it came out. You know, those were the good days. But they're gone. And like, yeah. like, like the price of whiskey, um, just move on. Like, you know, it's only Springbank. Mm-hmm. There is not distillery. There is a shortage of these hype whiskies, no doubt. Some of them deserve the hype, absolutely, no doubt. Others, not so much. But behind that, behind all of these hype whiskey, we have never had more whiskey available. So let's make it our job to get together and do what Jason managed to do recently with that Cadden Heads Manic Moor and, and here, there. And I know that he's shaking his head now because I know that there was probably a run on that as well. <laughs> but honestly, there's going to be more and more and some core releases are going to come out and just be, you know, the, the, the capacity has been increasing exponentially in Scotch whiskey in the last 12 to 15 years. The new distilleries coming on board, we cannot keep up. I was reading recently, uh, just today about the distillery out on the Isle of, oh my goodness, I'm going to need to edit this now, right? Isle of Tyree Distillery, okay? So then you're like, oh Christ, I'd forgotten all about that. I've not heard of anything about Tyree in about six months. And and now they're producing whiskey. So we're not, either we're not going to be caught, there, there's going to be continued to be run on all of these kind of inaugurals and launch releases and it's going to just keep getting worse. Or there's going to be so much whiskey out there that it's going to get better. I choose to believe it's going to get better for the reasons I've just mentioned and also the fact that a lot of these people are not opening these bottles. It's not a diminishing commodity. It's staying sealed and it's going to flood back onto the market. It has to because they want their money back again at some point. And at that point, they're going to be competing with all the others that's done the exact same thing. As a drinker, we can just detach ourselves from that and just enjoy spectating, I suppose, but Obviously, as we saw in the Cadenhead's queue, it's not something that's enjoyable to watch a lot of the time. In, 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 a, parallel, in a parallel metaphor to that then, Roy, uh, Rob, you were trying to buy a PlayStation. I'll sell you a ZX Spectrum 48K rubber key for... I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I'll have 40, it. 50 bucks. <laughs> Sorry, is that a bidding war now? This is <laughs> but the, the real, the real trick that. is, I'm not, I'm not going to sell you the tape player, though. You'll have to oh, buy I, it. Oh. Does it... Can I ask, does it come with the uh, Daily Thompson's Decathlon? Cause, oh, uh, yes. No, that was that was the oh. thing that broke all the rubber keys, right? Oh, so, right. <laughs> well, here's one. Let's, 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 
let's date everybody on this podcast. What's it, what was the one game for you way back that that was the ultimate? Rod? Mine, mine's going to be quite obscure. I think it was on Atari. It was called River Raid. Oh yeah, I remember. River yeah, Raid. I loved it. I, I think that was called River death. Rescue. That was maybe River Rescue on the other platform. Maybe, maybe on Atari in the UK it was River Raid, and I, I played it till I broke the joystick. Um, and it was obviously one of these pretty straightforward things, but level by level it gets trickier and tighter and trickier and tighter, and um, you're just flying up a, a river basically and avoiding obstacles. And yeah, Atari River Raids, which would have been the early eighties, I would guess. Oh. Yeah, and it, it wasn't. Was, I, I I didn't have the console; it was my mate. So sometimes my mate would go out and play football, and I would hide in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> playing his Atari, and his mum would come up with bis- biscuits and milk. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Roy Duff never made it to the Celtic team that he wanted to. Was <laughs> why you should never let Roy be a guest in your house because you think you've gone for the night and half your stash is missing in the morning. That's <laughs> true. It's Jason, true. what was what was uh, what's the standout game for you from your youth? Uh, I had a Tetris addiction, but that aside, I would say school days. Brilliant. Oh, that was great. Oh, my on the yeah. spectrum. That was Is that amazing. the one when you, you you had the gutty and you... you, you... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, You could write on the blackboard and do all sorts. You could let off stink bombs. It was like yes. living school the way it should have been. Oh, I love that <laughs> game. I, I could never figure out what you had to do to complete it. It was just happy just to play it. <laughs> Yeah, well, now, fun, fun. You had to light up all the shields <laughs> and open the, the safe other one in the headmaster's yeah. office. The other one that sprung to mind is the Escape from the Prison Camp one. Those oh, two yeah, were Alcatraz. just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, that was good. Yeah, there was those were two, but School Days was just joyous fun. I remember it. I feel like this is a, a separate podcast, but uh, quickly, uh, Scott, what was what was your? The, fir- the first game that grabbed me was uh, Asteroids in the arcades. Yeah. And then um, Frogger after that as well. Frogger, I had Frogger yeah, for just... my Atari 2600 back in the day. And I played that all the time. It's great. Justin, yeah. you've got any, have you got any raises on any of, the, any of those? Um, I had a Commodore VIC-20. And um, oh. there was a game called Radar Rat Race, which um, was, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I just lost hours of my childhood on that game. <laughs> Now, now here Rob has to chime in and he's looking at us going he's not heard this he's not heard of a single platform let alone game he's going what's going on here he's going to come out and go you know his nostalgic game is GTA 5 oh dude <laughs> you've heard of a Playstation 1 before but yeah I think the only experience of, of arcades I just, there, was a, there was a street fighter in the rugby club that was that was a lot of money got spent into that um but yeah. yeah, but that had a spectrum, but we didn't have the tape. We did the tape that never worked. So yeah, it's a separate podcast, and I can tell you in that separate podcast uh, how I destroyed my PlayStation One Japanese import by frying it. It only cost me seven hundred twenty pounds. <gasps> good times. Yeah, my goodness. Elite. That was another good game. Elite. That was another good game. Elite on the Elite spectrum. Oh. Yeah. I lost a long, a many, many hours to, um, I mean, I could date myself. I remember Spectrum games, but um, for me, it was Monkey Island. All that series of games, that yeah. was just yeah. Oh, yeah. tremendous. Yeah. Brilliant. Good stuff. <laughs> there was mention of price and stuff there. I thought maybe maybe we segue into 
the the little price list that you found, Scott. Um, I don't know how we want to run it. Do you want to maybe just run through them and we maybe try and guess what the prices would be? Yeah, so the background to this, I was clearing out some drawers and I found my programme from the Glasgow's Whiskey Festival back in 2014, so not that long ago. And at the back of the, the, the brochure, there's obviously a price list for what was being sold on the day. So because of all the, the talk about Springbank and Kilcairn, um, I kind of zoned, zoned in on that. Um, so I've got the price list here for several bottles. And I don't know if you want me, shall I rattle them off or one by one? Or? What does it start with, Springer 10? Or? Uh, Hazelburn 10 is the first one on the list. Well, Hazelburn 10 today is 44 quid, is it? About 40 quid, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Hazelburn 10, 40 quid. Well, I'm a member of the club, so I get a discount. So um, <laughs> probably <laughs> it will be about 44, give or take, I think. 40 to 44, good. Next, Scotty. Okay, so there's a the standard long row, which is obviously the, the non statement one. Um, well, I just bought one of those, so I, I paid 37, 38 pounds for it, 38 quid. What would you say, Jason? I don't buy that one very often because I, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think about, again, it's about 40-ish, I think. I, yeah, I'd say the, the, all, the, all the, the standard ones are about 40 quid. So the next up's a, a long row 18. Ooh. Ooh. I bought one of those last year for the Oswas and it was, I paid 89 pounds. D- did you? 89 quid, yeah. I got rinsed. I got, mine was 110. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Saw you coming. Yeah. yeah. Jason, you're not supposed to have glee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll recall, you'll recall, you'll recall Rob went out of a shop having fleeced them. So, you know, karma. Oh, yeah, it's all yeah. around, isn't it? Karma. <laughs> okay. So, Springbank, Springbank 10 year old in 2014. Well, today it's not 40 quid, isn't it? Today, 40 to 45, right? Yeah. So, we just did two more. Springbank core, uh, Springbank 15. Ooh, uh, 65, 70 quid, 75? 65 to 75. Quid, yeah. Just because I've seen a photograph of it. Well, I'm wincing because you never see it for that in the US, but carry on. I know, but, but you guys have always been fleeced through the supply chain, right? The distributors yeah. just mark up like crazy. But, I mean, the, the annoying thing there is that Mitchells don't get any of that. Scott is, Scott is still waiting. Uh, to hear what we would pay today today for a Springbank 18, Scott? 18's the last one in the core range on the list, yeah. I I, I know. I bought one of those last year too, um, and I paid £90. Okay. Um, anybody else change on that? Jason's nodding at 90, 90 quid. So let's start. We we were, we were suggesting today uh, Hazelburn 10, 40 to £44. How much was it, Scotty, in 2014? So eight years ago, Hazelburn 10 was £39, so really oh. nothing in it. Um, Long row, non-age statement. We, we yeah. guessed 38 to 40 Yeah, £39 it was in 2014. This is encouraging. Long, yeah. long, row, long row 18? Long row 18 was £87. So we said 89 to 110 mm-hmm. <laughs> At Springbank 10, we said 40 to 45 Yep, the 10 was 39 quid. Wow. Springbank 15, we said 65 to 75 it was £51 back then. <laughs> and uh, Springbank 18, we said 90. And uh, that was 80 quid. Wow. 
back in 2014. Now, so the point that we have to make here is the prices that we are seeing, can I have a wee rant? Is that is that okay? Right? By all means. We don't oh, rant on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Rob and Jeremy's whiskey rant, but honestly, one of my favourite producers out there is Ian McLeod, right? Uh, as we get, it's a fantastic range from them. They've got Glenn Goyne in the stable, they've got Tam Dew. Uh, they've got nice ranges out there, likes a smokehead and things like that. And uh, as the years tick by, they are further and further away from me. It's And it's not my choice. It's their choice, right? They've had Tamdu, 10-year-old Tamdu 10, I bought two cases to give away as Christmas presents a few years back because it was 40 quid. It was at 40% ABV. It was a beautiful, delicate, elegant sherry finished, or sherry matured, sorry, whiskey. Um, and it was easy. It was a real crowd pleaser. And everybody that I gifted it to loved it. It was inexpensive, easy Christmas gifts for me. Tam Du is now a 12-year-old, of course, their entry level. Um, the 15-year-old, the reason that I couldn't celebrate it on the VPUB was its price. I couldn't. There was too much competition at the price point, And it didn't stand up. Uh, or it did. It stood up to the other. But they, they, were, they were more uh, inexpensive. So I couldn't talk about it loudly. The 18 has just been released. £75 for the 15. How much do you think the 18 has just been released for? A Tamdu 18 Sherry Matured. It's expensive. Let me give you a hint. <laughs> I'm not I'm not guessing because I know. I'm not saying right. anything. Oh, yeah. Gregor, oh, what do you... I'll, I'll, I'll say 120. Oofed. What do you think, Gregor? Yeah. Eight, what did you say? 15 or 18, sorry? 18. Tamdu brand new 18. Released. 18? No, yeah. judging their trajectory, 18 is probably uh, 190, 200. Well, it's, in be- it's in between the two. It's 140 quid. All right. So you you guessing that high is telling you because the trajectory, the, making you think like that, that's you being tenderized. Well, that's by not the what I'm, I, I'm not saying that's what I think it's worth. That's what I think. No, I know, I know, I know but think so, it's worth. so you. So then, so then you see it at 120, 140. You see it 100 or less than 100, and you think, oh, that's not too bad. I might buy it. <laughs> so we're being kicked around. We really are. Roy um, and Gregor was thinking and my, in dollars. Uh, yeah, he was speaking Oh, in nailed dollars. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, there's Whoa. a peach. Justine's just held up a price list from Whiskey Fringe in 2007. But to finish on my point here, we're talking about Springbank. Somebody was complaining a few years back about Lagavulin 16 being too cheap when it was 50, 55 pounds. Um, and it's now gone up to 70, 75 pounds. Okay. Kilkerran came out fully natural with a 16-year-old at 55 quid. They are, are you, is anyone going to tell me that that tiny little manual, inefficient distillery down in Campbelltown is not making a profit? And is anybody going to tell me that Lagavulin set, set, selling their Lagavulin 16 at 50 pounds is not making a profit and they're, they're actually selling it too cheap? Now, it was a retailer that said it was being sold too cheap, so that makes sense, right? Hmm. So we've just demonstrated by those prices from 2014 that you found Scotty, with one exception, maybe the 15-year-old there jumping from 51, but we guess 65 to 75, but the rest of them are the same price in eight years. Yep. Yeah. We are, being, we are being tenderized. We need to yep. be vigilant on price and do not follow these, these, traje- these trajectories, as, as Gregor uh, called them. I was in my <laughs> local supermarket and I saw a bottle of the new branded Talisker 10 for £48. Mm, and I just thought, great. that used to be my staple at home. 
and that was like one of my entry level, and that is done. I'm, I'm, I can't touch it. It was nice knowing you, Talisker. Do you shop in Waitrose? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, was, it was Tesco's where I got my £30 Lagavulin 8 well, Jason here's a, I direct that to you because I remember you saying the future is going to be more affordable or, or you know uh, mid-range mid I, I don't know if it was entry level but who, who's stepping into that void that Rob's just described well, it depends. I mean, Rob's shopping in the wrong place to find that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, let's not let's not go on to retailers. It's the same people who sold me no. a, a long row eighteen for one hundred and ten. <laughs> I mean, even the the supermarket white label goods are quite getting quite hard to come by now, and the quality's not there. If if you're asking me for a a cheap ten, I mean, I got the Ben Romick recently for thirty quid. Um, can't argue with that, but you're probably not mm. going to find it on the supermarket shelves, are you? Um, no, Ben, ben Romack 10's in Tesco right now for £31. Yep. So you, you, it is there, you can get it. There are things out there. Uh, Glen Cadam 10 is still at the same price with a wee bit more ABV in it. It's a lovely drop. You can get um, the Ben Romack and the Glen Cadam at supermarkets. Uh, Glen Cadam 10, I don't know for sure, but Ben Romack 10, definitely. Uh, and in and, and my local Tesco to me does not have a, a good range typically either. Yeah, I'm not so, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like for me, because this is going to become a, a, a point as we go on this year, um, certainly in the UK, but probably further afield about how much money we've all got to spend on luxury items like whiskey. And I keep talking about Loch Lomond because I think their standard Inchmoan, Inchmoran at 12 years old for 34, 35 quid, great value. You know, good tasty drams as well. Um, 46%, you know, there's some colour added there, but, you know, non-chill filtered. For for that price, honestly, you just can't go wrong. They're just two really good, affordable drums. What I found interesting about the Loch Lomond releases is that they moved from coloured glass to clear glass and then made their whiskey lighter. Hi. Added, added less colour. <laughs> you'd think it'd be the opposite way around, but uh, listen, that's not a complaint. It's actually not a complaint. Uh, I'd love them not to have any colour in there at all, but, you know, it's baby steps, right? Uh, and I and I agree with you, Scotty, that uh, when you've got the decent drinking experience, forty six percent ABV, non-chill filtered, you'll let them add a wee dot of colour, uh, just to kind of help wean them off it, I suppose. <laughs> but there's lots. I think that's the takeaway. Can can we agree that in next week's podcast that we, we that we we all have to turn up with our positive pants on? Yeah, I've I've definitely because... learned a valuable lesson as a podcaster, <laughs> which is not to bring something up. That you don't want to talk about as a topic <laughs> because you will lose you will lose half an hour of that podcast. Uh, maybe maybe we draw a line under that then, though, Justine, with your two thousand and seven price list. Um, shall we go okay. through the same list? Just just maybe you just rattle well, through what those same bottles are. Well, this could be existential crisis territory here. Right? I know. Be... I know. Um, unfortunately, two thousand and seven um, Springbank weren't actually at the whiskey fringe, so of there aren't any prices there but um yeah let's just uh we mentioned uh you mentioned ian mcleod roy so ian mcleod um let's go for the smokehead in 2007 how much do you think that was what, the non-age statement one yep well i think today it's about 35 so 2007 uh-huh 28 quid a little less, yeah, 20, 25, 25, wow. 95, yeah. But here we go. This is a bit of one. <laughs> 
Rosebank 1990. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. In 2007. Sorry, oh, so, so which, what was the spec of the Rosebank in 2007, Justine? What? Okay, so it's Ian McLeod, independently bottled, Rosebank 91, Dunvegan, I think is how you pronounce it. Dunvegan, yeah. Yeah, B-H-E-A-G-A-N. Oh, okay. What? Uh, is it cast strength? There aren't actually any uh, ABV notes um, in the program, so I'm assuming... So Dunvegan are typically cast strength, so that would have been a single cast Rosebank, 16 years old. Oh, God. <laughs> 65 quid. 38.95. Oh, no! Yep. Um, okay, another independent bottler. Um, let's also go with um, their Rosebank, 1990. So that's with Douglas Lang, the OMC, the Old Malt Cask. Oh, that would have been 30 quid. <laughs> a little bit pricier, so 54.95. Wow, I that's quite a difference, isn't it? I, but we're talking about um, bourbon and prices in the States. So on the back page here, we've got Van Winkle. <laughs> oh, I. Okay, let's go. Uh, I've scribbled out all of this, so let me have a look. Um, Pappy Van Winkle, fifteen-year-old bourbon. How much do you think? Couldn't in give it away probably. at the whiskey fringe. Oh my god, fifteen year. <laughs> think no, no. Danger. Unless anybody sort of had a cold or something, you know. Then uh... it <laughs> have, yeah, it might have been some some eighty eighty pound eighty. Uh, Fifty-two ninety-five. Oh, jeez! Oh, but the Van Winkle Family Reserve. Um, Twenty-three. It was thirty. Yeah, thirty-nine ninety-five on here. Oh, man. So yeah, insane pricing now. Never mind your NFTs and your bitcoins. Just buy some stuff now, and hand it to your kids. See, that's that's what all those folk in that queue say. Caden heads were saying, <laughs> thinking. <laughs> Well, the good news is my time machine's coming along really well. And I'll be finished by next summer. Is it? Is it powered by a ZX Spectrum? It's actually powered by Rosebank, so it's, <laughs> that's a sticking point. Oh, that's tremendous. That's hilarious. Um, maybe turning focus back around to Dramface then. It was a, an interesting... Looking back now, we're looking at the month of March. Um, there was a first this month, if I'm not mistaken, which would be... The first eight out of ten being recorded is that right? Yeah, yeah. Who wrote that? Oh. I think. Well, it was, we don't. We, well, we're it? not in April. We won't. We won't reveal. You guys caught me on that one. <laughs> the April Fools. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we I caught, did click. We caught. We caught Justin even more. She didn't even have time to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, what was the reactions to the first eight out of ten? Then, which was the is it the manic more? Yeah, well, let, we'll let Jason pick that up because I think he was fielding all sorts of inquiries and can you get me a bottle? And uh, I would never do that to him, of course. I would never put him out of his way to go into the shop and just kind of buy me a bottle, then pack it up and post yeah, it through to the, Glasgow. I would never ask such a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, there might be a couple of our bottles <laughs> going in did. different directions. But um, yeah, it was a nice bottle and um, a nice surprise, which is great. And uh, I really liked it, so... I tend not to give out high scores um, because, well, everybody else does and uh, most of them aren't warranted. So it was nice that people felt they could trust that and 
the feedback I've had on my phone from several people who've bought it has been really positive. Um, so I think that's what it's all about, really. I mean, that was uh, it's the first thing that I've seen in comments where clearly people were reacting enough to be chasing the bottle, right? It was, it was having a positive effect. I think it's nice when you can shine a light on a distillery that people people can't even be bothered to pronounce sometimes. Even Glen Lossie is kind of like the similar, but at least Glen Lossie has its fans. Nobody, I've never met anybody that said, oh, I'm a big fan of Manic Motor. Why did you go for it, Jason? What was you? Mm-hmm. What was you? What made you? What made you go for it? Was it just? Oh, when I'm, a... I'm in a, because I'm quite a regular there, and obviously I write about things. They occasionally slip me a sample, so um, they give me a couple. One of them's on the show. Well, it'll be on the show by now. It'll be a uh, Glenn Grant, but they slip me a Manic Moore, and like most people, you're like, come on, eh, Manic Moore, but it was, um, it was a good pick. Um, uh, and yeah, that was the first time I'd really stumbled across it, and it, that outturn came out last month, and uh, it was probably the the, the least bottle because it was a straightforward bourbon cask. It wasn't old, it wasn't a high strength. Um, you know, it wasn't finished. You know, it was just a very natural manic more, very plain Jane uh, or plain Paul, whatever you want to call it, and people would just totally overlook it. If you say if you say the word fruity, then the the money is already leaving Monroe's uh, wallet. Old school fruits is the one that gets people excited. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it, but I didn't pull the trigger on it um, yet. But I'm just I'm I'm trying to save my money for. I would. All these I, well, I'd Scott, be lying Scott, if Scott, hey, there's there's a huge chunk of this bottle aye. here for you, buddy. So don't don't. Thank you, I'd mate. be appreciate I'd be lying if I didn't say it was it was triggering the FOMO in me. Also, Let the it fact go. that there's an independent. I know. I just went down and looked at my cabinet. It's all good. <laughs> you took some of your own medicine. Exactly. Terrific stuff. Superb. Exactly. Do you know what we need, what we learn from this though? Is what we learn is that whatever Jason brings along for his I am a distillery game, we know that he's just tasted something from that distillery which is particularly magical, and that's why it's on his mind and why he's brought it along for the the game but the reaction was good to that art you know i i I think it was as much to do with the article as it was just the score though i think it was positively uh, received jason yeah i i just i think it goes down to where in an era where people say all nice things i could reel off all the people that constantly say nice things and really high positive praise but there was something which was really good totally overlooked and i was quite happy to buy a couple bottles myself after i'd tied it and that was the, that's the that's the best best sign possible to me, and I think people who know me know I really beat myself up about giving anything over a seven, um, because I hate people buying something and they're disappointed by it. So it's it has to be really worth it for me. I felt really comfortable in that 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 bottle, and when I was just because it's COVID at the store and I was queuing outside to get in. And uh, to get my bottle the day before the review went up, I was convinced that I have to get a bottle because of so-and-so. Somebody in Glasgow texted me to ask if I could um, pick them up a bottle, <laughs> um, which was perfect timing. <laughs> is that is that is that perceived as insider trading or not? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't no, know. Absolutely people... was insider tra- trading. It was because uh, Jason just sent a, a photo of the door of Cadenheads to say he was there. <laughs> and at that that moment, I mean, I think I sent the text back saying, uh, literally, I've just read your 
your article on on Manic Motor. And that's obviously, it wasn't published. I think that was the day before he published it. Um, so I said, is genuinely, is it is it that good? And, and, he's, and he's like, yeah, do you want me to get you one? And I said, absolutely, please. So it is insider trading, but it's not insider trading on Springbank Local Barley. My goodness, it's a Manic Motor. So if anybody wants to shout at me for that, then fine. I'll take no, it on the chin. I'm, but, I'm just kidding. But, but it is, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad to have it because I've got a couple of Manic Moors here, but it brings a really... A fruity, fruity, rich style. Um, is it shelf. grassy though, Roy? <laughs> aye, aye. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this one down as grassy. No. <laughs> it's funny, fruity. Jason. You were ta- you were talking about um, compliments and such. There, there was a, a, a nice sign off. I forget who site who who wrote this. There was a. I, I want to show that we are learning as we go. I don't want to open the can of worms about scoring. This this was all about scoring. But he did sign off with uh, give Judge Red a big kiss on the lips from all his fans. He is a titan. <laughs> That's right. I'm um, not saying I, anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> You're all good. I, I, um, I, I can tell you who it was. I want because I think he deserves a wee shout out. Oh, hey. uh, Jambo Sana. Oh, yes, yeah. Jambo Sana. Was it? Yeah. 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 That's there right. You go. Jambo Sana, but he was, yeah, he was ex- expanding or picking back up on the topic of scoring. But yes, let's learn from what I uh, previously talked about. Let's not touch on things we don't want to touch on or we've covered off on in the past. Looking back on the month of March, uh, Roy, you'd forwarded me the top few articles. I don't know if everyone else has seen that, but it was, and and again, this could, this could circle the conversation back to all things uh, Springbank, which I don't want to do, Roy. Well, but, um, well, well, it's it's worthwhile noting because it's part of the it's another metric, it's another measure of the zeitgeist that Rob talked about earlier. So, um, yeah, I, I I thought you'd be interested to see what the top. One of the reasons I sent you the top ten articles right for March is that the podcast is like at number four, number three or number four in that list. Am I right? Three was the yes. So so there you go. So I wanted to, to kind of reassure you that your that your efforts are not in vain that people are genuinely engaging with us because we did not put that page on until the middle of the month, Rob, am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's already the third most visited page. It's incredible. I just, yeah. So, so you so know, what we're, we're sitting here just kind of, I'm really enjoying just hanging out and talking to you guys tonight because I don't have any pals. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for it to be something that other people enjoy listening as well, I, that's why I sent it along to, along to you. But I think you you picked out more than that in it, eh, didn't you, uh, Gregor? You're kind of thinking, well, well, that's the top ten. Actually, that's the top ten articles. <laughs> so, so the top ten for March. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's interesting to see, you know, what people are flocking to on, on Dramface. I don't need to go through the numbers and the percentages or whatever, but at number 10, it was Glenn Turret, 12-year-old. At number 9, Kleinleash 14. Kleinleash 14 is actually, uh, that was a, a, a February piece. Glenn Caram 10. At number 8. Number 7 is the famous Grouse. Uh, that was an interesting article for a few reasons. Then um, at number 6 was the comparison between the new Daft Mill and the Fife Whiskey Festival, Justine released Daft Mill. Um, Number five was Compass Box, the one of Scotty's favourite drums of last year, I think, the, the Orchard House. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was another comparison piece at number four, the Ardbeg 10 versus the Ardbeg Fermutation. Again, another kind of semi or zeitgeisty piece. But the top three, there's going to be no surprises. Campbelltown Loch, Springbank 15 and Springbank 25 were the top three 
pieces for March. So again, reflective of just kind of what's happening out there generally. It, drum face, Jason, if we just, we could literally, we could make drum face a much bigger success by just putting out a Campbelltown article every single week, twice a week, right? What Are we going to do that? No, we won't be doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's important. We've been asked from day one to, you can see Famous Grouse is in there in the top 10. People yeah. are interested in the stuff mm-hmm. that's inexpensive and, and, and accessible. Glen Caram 10 is in there. Compass Box and, Orchard House is in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. The Orchard, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Affordable, available whiskies. People are engaging with that just as much. And let's be honest, if we review the Springbank 25, that's a vicarious piece. So there's a service in that as well. Um, and we are not going to ever review a whiskey in order for it to get hits on the website. We're going to review the whiskies that we are drinking, right? It's all, I mean, it's all down to like the timing as well of like, obviously when we launched and as we kind of grow, it's overlapped with this new launch. So it's, yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, we've touched on it a lot in this podcast and the previous ones, but I think, um, I task and the community tasks you guys with giving us the alternatives to that, right? All that hype and all that fuss. That's what I look for from, for drum face, you know, that's what I look for within the Aquaviti community uh, that put me onto the Kilkerran. I can still remember, I think I've talked before, a very dark jet lagged night in Asia travel for me was when what Roy was talking about Kilkerran and you could still pick it up on Amazon. And I left yeah. some, I left some behind. You know, I was like, I was, you know, putting that positive karma out there. I was like, I'm not going to clear it out. I'll leave it there. <laughs> but um, I think, I, you know, I and the community charge you guys with giving us the other places that is readily available and and give the same if not more uh experience here here and and again and again we gold nuggets like that independent release Uh, we're not going to ignore the independence and things that manic more a wee gem like that i think it's important because you know everyone's talking about campbellton whiskies as i've already said there's so many good so many good whiskies out there part of our job is to point people in the direction of those or Absolutely. ones that are similar. If you can't get that Manachmore anymore, there's something else coming along. And we yeah. need to kind of, we, we all love whiskey. We're enthusiastic whiskey. We drink good stuff. We want to let, let people know what the good stuff is. So to someone who's new to whiskey and they see all this nonsense about Springbank releases, you just put them off for life. So yeah, we're here yeah. to positive message that there's plenty more good stuff. And, you know, dare I say it, some bit even better than Springbank. Mm. Yeah, well, to be fair, there was there was some chanter. I don't want to expand the conversation. There was some chanter about like, is this is it as good as it as it really is? Can you pick it out in a blind and, and all of that? You know, it is good and it is it's hyped for a reason. It's all right. It's all right. I think that, it's I think right. that was in the Barflies page on Facebook. That was Stuart Stuart Starost. Yeah, brought that up. Yeah, and I think I think it was an interesting piece that you put up there uh, because you know while we would all maybe Jason and I especially Scotty definitely. We would like to sit down and think, yeah, I could pick the Springbank 10 out in this lineup. We wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> right? No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't put money on it because we know what whiskey can do to us and our palates and things. So that's a that's the good positive spin to put on things, I think, for this week's podcast is that that should be our what we are tasked with doing, Gregor, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be pragmatic. We just can't buy Springbank for a wee while, right? Let it go. Let it go. Share what we have, share what we have, and then spend the rest of our time trying to find out our next spring bank. Absolutely. 
uh, on the topic of being tasked with, that's what you, you team Dram Face has been tasked with. Justine, you were tasked with something last week, which was, I am a distillery. Okay. Do you, do you have such preparation in front of you? I do, yes. I've scribbled something down on a piece of paper. So, yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Rob, unfortunately for you and Scotty, you never got to see me dance last week. It was, <laughs> it was fabulous. It was quite a thing. It was very pretty. I'm sure it was. You won't see it this week. Hey! Oh. <laughs> Your first blood. Let's, ha let's have it. Let's okay, have it. Okay, so fact one, I am a distillery. Okay. No. <laughs> fact two, I was built in the 1960s. Rob and I both look at each other. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't help us at all. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, fact three. Um, my whiskey is popular in Italy. Mm. Oh, wow. Glenn Grant is not built in the 1960s. No, no, no you just threw that in there, Roy. Oh. That is we bit, bit of backtracking there. <laughs> That's commitment. You got you got to play this like chess. You've you've already put the you've already said out loud. Yeah, there. probably oh. had some refurbishment in the nineteen sixties, but it wasn't built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, rebuilding. Cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. Yeah, it looks like I'll be shutting my face and not expending energy on dancing this week. <laughs> okay, next one. Um, although in Speyside. I prefer to use Highland whiskey on my bottle labels. Mm. Rob, Rob, you and I can just go off to the bathroom. <laughs> I feel like it's ringing some bells, but... Okay. Bells, did you say? Some bells, yeah. <laughs> um, so next fact, I was designed by William Delmay Evans. The WDE. No, nobody. Okay, next one. I was the first in Scotland to use a metal mash tun. The silence is, is, is actually painful. I was going to say, I'm still here. I just don't have a clue. <laughs> but I'm still, still here. I'll guess. Tom and Tow. Okay. Um,. I've lost count which fact this is, but anyway, next one. I have five stills. What would, what would I'd like the, to point out be, that I've what? only ever been in one distillery my whole I life. I know, Rob, honestly, I might have a couple more years on you, but we we're, we're, we're still don't combine to be more than guess one. Um, how many have I got left? Three or four? Just keep going, Justin. You're Just good. Just keep going. Okay. Um, my owners bottle my whiskey under two different names. Tom and Tell's a good shout, old Ballantrian. And... Oh, my goodness. No? Okay. My core range single malt carries 10, 12, and 18 years age statements. Oh. Jason's out. Scotty, you could nick this. 
We, me and Jason's out. Yeah, Rob, I mean, Gregor. Rob and I, Rob and I are just here for numbers. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, no, I think you've got it. You guys are going to pick one of you. One of you guys are going to pick it up. Okay, I've got two left, so I'm going to say. Um, so my single malt is the key component of the William Lawson blend. I'm saying whatever Scott is saying. Go back and watch then, eh? Ah. Uh, <laughs> What happens if nobody gets it? Then we've done I... our job of keeping this the clean version so that the participants can play along. Somebody's driving their car listening to this right now and almost crashing as they <laughs> scream, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> I think I think this one will give it away. So I am currently owned by John Dewar and Son. Uh, Aberfeldy. Oh, it can't be Aberfeldy. No. It can't be Aberfeldy. Of course it can't be. Roy, can you edit this so that I say the right answer? <laughs> Absolutely, point? buddy. Go for it. Just Aberfeldy. say the right answer and I'll do it. <laughs> it's uh, Ash Day. Right, so we've got Dewar's uh, has got Aberfeldy, you've got uh, Altmore, you've got Brackler, uh, you've got you've got the Death one wrong. Uh yeah, uh so which is which is Mac Macduff, and you've got Brace of Glenlivet. No, Brace of Glenlivet is not John. Is is um, Enrica, doesn't it? Enrica, yeah. yeah. So what's the other Dewar's one then? You you've mentioned you've mentioned the one there, Roy, <laughs> in your list. Yeah, no, I have. Yeah, there's only one winner here, and that is Justine. <laughs> you you've stumped everyone. Do you, do you want me to tell you the answer, or have you still got some Please. guesses? Please, just yes, I'm Rob gonna... Roy, Rob Roy of that accolade. <laughs> okay, so um, so it was Mac Duff, which you mentioned. Macduff. Hey, <laughs> that was going to be my other guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but so genuinely, they were. So that was obviously, I think the big giveaway there. If we were up in our Delmy Evans trivia right that would have been a good one mm. um five stills i didn't know that i think it's just uh macduff and talisker i think i think they're the the um the combination of three and three and two i think it's three wash stills and two spirit stills um it's a bit unusual but uh, I mean, you know all uh, things being relative justine you know, again, Rob and I, I think, are in, a, in the class of our own. But you were you were revealing at like three percent increments of, <laughs> of not. I'm like, ah, yeah, nah, no, well, I'm I think no that, what that demonstrates, though, Gregor, is that she can win. Well, the host or the person who comes up with the ten facts can can win, rather than just hope. she's won tonight. She's yeah, won. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> I actually thought you'd get it by <laughs> nine and ten. Actually, the William Lawson blend I thought was, and then I thought, yeah. No, you just clearly you just know much, so much more stuff than we do. I think yeah. the the two, the two names threw me because it's Deverin and Glen Deverin, isn't it? The Deverin and Glen Deverin. Yeah, so it's the Devon <clears throat> for bottles here, I think, and then Travel Retail is Glen Deverin. So I yeah. thought, yeah, it's. I know it changed. I, I don't know when it changed, but I think it was always called. I'd love to understand the strategy behind that, but there yeah. you go. Greg, did you get the feeling that we're playing five aside and these are all playing Premiership teams? Oh, I, I, Rob, full full disclosure, I, my eyes gloss over at this point. 
Um, I mean, the dra- you know, I am by about third dram anyway, so it's kind of happening. But... Well, to stretch your analogy, Rob, you're in it because uh, Jason and I were out. We didn't we didn't clear the group stages. I, I'm not, I didn't make the subs bench. That's true. <laughs> Scott Scott's mouth was moving to to look like he was engaged, but there was no words coming out. It's actually really difficult to decide which distillery. I mean, it was like I'm in an R in, and I'd literally bought a few bottles from whiskey broker and one of them was the Macduff that was the that was on my desk so I was like right I'm just going to go with that because good enough I'd, I'd probably be there all day trying to decide which one to 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 choose so yeah well so, Justin I, I, I think guess, sorry go ahead Gregor no I was just going to say Justin um I mean I think you know who you need to pick for next week's but you go for it because you won you get to pick well if you oh, pick me okay. it'd be like my bottle has a blue label. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall I pick Jason? Yeah. There we go. Jason. Yes. There we go. Yeah. You got it. Thank you. <clears throat> you're welcome. So we look forward to. to uh, Jason, you've wee... got to. You, yeah, you're bringing. I am a distillery for next week's podcast. That's... But can but can we agree that we don't make it so obscure in order to try and win? <laughs> We have to. Well, I mean, you, 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 we've tasked we've tasked the wrong person to get that commitment. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. Thank yeah, Justin. Thank you. Yeah. Thank no you. Way. Thank you for that. Thank you for the effort. Um, Rob, you and I probably need to start our schooling up now. Yeah. For when we we're called to do. Listen, thank you all for your time on the podcast. Uh, it's always appreciated. Thank you all, community, for listening. It very much is a community, and, and as it was picked up on in a lot of the comments, it is a bit of a, a kind of conversation that, that continues, and, and that conversation is fueled by the comments and, and engagement, so feel free to, to chime in there. We'll pick all of that up. It feeds into the conversation. So we'll pick this conversation up next time. Thank you all, and cheers. cheers. <laughs> Thank you, Gregor. Nice to see you, everyone. Thank you, Gregor. Thank you, Gregor.